What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast and resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession, which if you've been around for any number of time now, you'll find out that that is the same thing. This podcast, uh, as we approach our two-year anniversary, has generated just a little over 30,000 downloads, uh, all reaching, I guess this is episode number 94, so 94 incredible guests, uh, myself included. Um, anything else you need to know about us in order for you to subscribe and take part in the event that I'm about to detail uh, that I've been kind of teasing for the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to give you more information on it here in a minute, but just real quick, uh, if you haven't already done so, rating and reviewing is very important. Uh, helps with the algorithms and helps the, the show be a little bit more visible. Um, also helps with, when I say visibility, I mean, if you see a podcast that has zero ratings or like a zero star, how does that look to begin with with you? Um, for us, we do have an average, which is, uh, I think you have to have more than like 10, 15 or something like that uh, in order for iTunes to give you an average rating or review. Uh, but do that wherever you get your podcast, whether it be iTunes or Spotify or anything along those lines. Let us know. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Sports InfoCast on Twitter and Facebook. Our website, sidcast.fireside.fm. And yes, you're, you're thinking there's no way that's a website. Type it in, see what happens. Uh, I guarantee you will pop up. But anyway. Uh, email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com with any questions that you have, maybe some things that uh, you liked about this episode. Uh, just let me know. Just let me know what's going on. Love to hear from you guys. I always appreciate those emails that say how much you enjoy it. Um, goes a long way. Helps me keep rolling with this. So, uh, Speaking of keep rolling and, and keep her going, I've been teasing this now for, what, a couple weeks, I think? Uh, our event coming up in... Um, October the 11th should be the uh, the end date for that. And what it is, is newsletter subscribers. And the only way you can do this is go to sidcast.fireside, F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E dot F-M, yes, F-M as in the radio, uh, tuner station, um, and slash newsletter. And you'll sign up. There's like three questions. And what you'll do is put your name in, and then you'll put in uh, what school you work for and what email address you like the podcast to be sent to you from um those that will be changing the format of those will be changing the design of it we've been i think it was like november that we've had a newsletter so we've been having a newsletter every week since november um including ones here or there that uh were just announcements like our t-shirts and um maybe getting approved on like tune in radio and places like that but what this will be is i tweeted out a picture on Sports Infocast's uh, Twitter page of four images. Those four images are from Canton, Ohio, and uh, Cooperstown, and, and the like, all of which are Hall of Fames. Now, you're thinking to yourself, why in the world does that have anything to do with this? Well, what you'll be doing as part of a newsletter subscriber is be voting on your best of the best that you think. There's three categories, uh, actually two categories, but one category split into two divisions because I, I don't think it's fair that somebody's experience because you know everybody's experience at d3 is not the same at d1 depending on who you are and where you are but anyway that's what you'll be able to do the, the, the categories are most valuable episode i think or something like that in the large division and then there's most valuable in the small division and then most entertaining which is all around and what these people will do is get on there and 
write down your top four in each category. And uh, we will compile points from there. First being four points, second being three points, two, one, so on and so forth. And we'll compile all that into a standings. And then at the end, I'll keep all that private, by the way. And at the end, we will announce our winners. And that will be going into our inaugural SID Cast Hall of Fame for the 2018 class. Uh, each of those episodes will get an individual personalized um, SID Cast. Uh, what was that? Like cover art? Is that what you're looking at right now? Yeah, cover art. Uh, they'll get that. And that, w- and they'll be put on a special playlist, a special list, uh, and be pushed out that way as, as far as we can go with it. We're going to take it, uh, take it and run with it. So I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this opportunity. Um, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, who all can I vote for? What qualifies of what division? I do have a list and that Excel spreadsheet or Google sheet. I think it's a Google sheet, uh, will be sent out to, um, newsletter subscribers. And the way you got to do that is from now, from when you're hearing until next week, which is Mary Lee, Gibson's episode from North Carolina, uh, you can sign up that way. You got to go to sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter, and that will be how you sign up, you participate, and be a forever voter in the SIDcast Hall of Fame. So, um, and don't worry, those news, uh, and this only applies, I, sh- I should probably say this, this only applies for people, uh, episodes within October 11th of 2017 to October 11th of 2018. So this episode right now with Rickson and next week with Mary Lee Gibson um, does constitute in that time frame. So um, you're probably thinking, why can't we go back and vote for season one people? That's because Dave was growing um, as far as podcasting is concerned. And we are going to revisit those same people. So not all of them, but a handful of them in year three coming up. Uh, I think by the time I have this out, I, I would have already sent out an email to, to one of them. I think. I think I have to. No, I think I have to talk to somebody before I do that just to get schedules lined up. But we are scheduled through October, which is insane. But um, anyway, that's how you do that. One more time, sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Participate in the SIDcast Hall of Fame. So turning our attention today to episode number 94 of SIDcast, we have Rickson Lane from the Lander Bearcats. Uh, We had to reschedule this a bunch of times um, due to Hurricane Florence, just making sure that his family was okay. Uh, Thankfully, they live far enough inland. To where they weren't affected, just high winds and heavy rain is all they got. Um, I met Rickson at Cosida, uh, D.C. last summer, and we all went out to eat. And he tells me a story that he didn't quite realize who I was because he, he was an avid listener of the show. I uh, knew my name, and he just couldn't put two and two together there for a while. And then he finally realized, he's like, oh, you're the guy. And I was like, yeah. So, um, Rickson, I'm glad to have you on. It was a lot of fun. We talk a lot about social media, digital media stuff today, uh, drones. He's got baby number two on the way. Um, we'll talk about that, how, how to kind of what he's going to tell his kids, what he does, uh, as far as that's concerned. And then we'll also talk about something that I've been doing personally is moving away with my game day graphics, um, moving away from still photos and moving to, uh, uh, movies basically is what they are. Uh, quick little 20 second movies that we put out. We'll talk about all that and more. His days from South Carolina. He wanted to be a play-by-play broadcaster. Now he's at Lander, um, expanding on those roles, learning 
on the way as he goes. And uh, yeah, that's where we will start off episode number 94 of SID Cast with Rickson Lane of the Lander Bearcats and uh, Hurricane Florence. What it was like for him and his family right here on SID Cast. Because of where we are, um, being fairly inland uh, in South Carolina, it, it didn't really affect us very much. Uh, schedules got kind of shifted around with some cancellations, and you know, men's soccer lost a lost a game they were supposed to to make. And cross country had a had an event pushed back a week, and we canceled a home soccer match. So, you know, it, it, and honestly, it lightened my schedule up considerably because we had a I had a full weekend with. No games to prepare for or to cover, which I think is the only time I'm going to have that until, you know, sometime in December. So mm-hmm. uh, as far as work schedule, it wasn't that bad. And, and fortunately, with, with the weather, you know, with that hurricane, the way it downgraded as it got co- closer and closer to the to the coast um, and us being so far inland, you know, we got – we got some rain, but, but nothing worse than what you might get in an average summer here. And, you know, the, the, there was – considerable wind on saturday night but really that was that was about it fortunately not a lot of not a lot of limbs down not i didn't see any power lines down so you know, we, we were very fortunate with with what we dealt with because obviously the people on the coast uh, got hit pretty hard yeah yeah and we hope that everybody's safe uh hope that everybody's all right and maybe in a timely manner get your games rescheduled in something like something fashion but hopefully nothing that's like a 9 a.m to 9 p.m kind of day um, so let's go back to the very beginning for you, Rickson. Uh, where did you start? Where did you, what was your first taste of sports information? My first taste of sports information was actually at Lander. Uh, it's interesting, man. Like this is this is not a job that I ever envisioned doing. Um, I, I've I've always been interested in sports. Um, I've always had a, a really good memory for stats and figures and scores and things like that. Um, it's funny, man. My dad, I'm, I'm a huge South Carolina Gamecocks fan. That's where I went to college, and so I, I've been, I've been pulling for South Carolina literally since I was about two years old uh, when my dad first started taking me to games. And you know, I could, I could recite you every score from the 1984 season. You know, when I was like five. Uh-huh. Uh, so that would have been you know eight years before I was born. Um, and I, those sort of things just fascinate me. And my dad actually, when he, when I was really young, called me the SID. And I didn't know what that meant for a while, uh, but that was like his nickname for me. And then you know, it was just funny, you know, seven, uh, 20 years later, um, that's what I'm doing. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I, I wanted to be a play-by-play guy. Um, that's what I've always wanted to be. And I, I'd done a lot of work for high school football and softball and baseball and basketball and all that sort of stuff. And and Lander uh, had an opening for their baseball job. Uh, their their guy had just left to go become a football coach, and they needed a play-by-play guy. They had just gone to the D2 World Series. I mean, not that that mattered, but it certainly made it made it a more attractive position knowing you, you were going to have a team that had a really good program. Um, so I, I, I was fortunate enough to be hired for that position. And, you know, it, it obviously – was a great hire because I, I love sports and I enjoyed. I was also working as a, a substitute preschool teacher at that time. So, <laughs> God bless those of you that that are preschool teachers or any teachers of that kind, because that just it wasn't for me to say the least. Um, I love my kid. I'm not crazy about everybody else's kids. Um, so we, uh, so I, I got the job in Lander as the play-by-play guy, and then just kind of fell into the to the sports information thing because the the baseball coaches there. 
Uh, they wanted to have a bigger presence on social media. Their program was kind of taken off. Um, they didn't have time to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I actually approached them and said, hey, look, guys, I mean, y'all, y'all just – you were just two wins away from playing for a national title. Um, do, you, do you want me to start you a Twitter account? And they said, no, absolutely. That'd be, that would be great. And so it kind of just went from there. So I, I created their account. I was running their account. And the, the SID at Lander then, uh, Bob Stoner, um, you know, he, he was in, I think, his 27th year there. Uh, he, he'd been at Lander for a long, long time. And he, he saw that I kind of had a knack for social media stuff and for stats and numbers. And, and he knew I had a writing background. And so... He just kind of came to me and said, "Hey, look, would you be interested in maybe maybe helping me out a little bit with uh with some of my duties and, and kind of help him take stuff off of his plate?" And so I became the uh, the sports media specialist, is what they called it. I was basically Bob's assistant, um, trying to help him out with anything I could. Um, I wasn't doing stats, but you know I was helping him with game write ups and preview stories and graphics. I, I took over all of our social media accounts. And, uh, and I did that for a year, and then Bob retired at the end of the 2015-16 uh, academic year. He retired, and so the job was open, and I figured, you know, it was it was a chance to get a full-time job, that, which I'd never had before, uh, and it was a program I was really familiar with and a place I really enjoyed working. So it, it kind of just – a lot of things fell into place for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not – I'm not, I don't think that I'm, you know, I don't think I'm anything that special, you know, in this field. I just, I got really lucky. I had a job that opened up at just the right time. I had a guy that, that kind of showed me the ropes and then, and then ended his career at just the right time. And things just kind of fell into place for me. Describe your radio career uh, as you're going through your undergrad at South Carolina. Yeah, I was the, um, I'm the play-by-play announcer. I'm still the play-by-play announcer for, uh, for my high school, uh, for Woodruff High School football. Um, I'm, I've been doing that since 2012. I think it was my first uh, my first full year doing that. Um, I actually that's a, another situation of just being right place, right time. Uh, I came to them after I graduated when I was a freshman at Carolina, and basically said, "Hey, I want to do play by play. Can I be can I be in the booth with you guys on Friday night? Kind of help you out with spotting and keeping stats and things like that." And they they let me do it, and eventually, like midway through my first season, they said, "Here, you can do our halftime show." So I had about a ten minute period every Friday where I got to do the the show and recap the first half and all that. And as I worked with them, you know, throughout the seasons, they they started, you know, if a game was a blowout late in the fourth quarter, they'd hand me a headset and say, "Here, you call the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. It's a forty point game. You take it." And so I did that for for two years, and then 2011 we had a really good team, and we actually went to a state championship game. And the play-by-play guy, his son was the starting quarterback. He was a senior. And about midway through the first quarter, uh, his son gets tackled, and his knee bends the wrong way, he gets, and he gets injured. Um, and so we're sitting there. It's, you know, we still got a you – know, we're, we're probably two minutes into the second quarter, I think. And he just bolts up and hands me the headset and says, here, you take it. I'll be back. And he went down to check on his kid, and so I wound up calling the second, third, and part of the fourth quarter of the state championship game. Um, and then a week later, uh, after the season ended, I got a call from the radio station. They said, "You're you're our guy next year." And I've been I've been doing the doing the games ever since. This is going to be my I guess my seventh seventh season doing it. Wow, that's incredible. Um, let's go to more or less your sports information stuff. But uh, job process like a lander. Have you ever heard of lander before? I knew of Lander. My cousin actually was an undergrad at Lander. Uh, she yeah. had a nursing degree from there. So I, I knew of Lander. I knew, 
you know, where it was located. My dad lives in Greenwood, so he was familiar with it. And he kind of filled me in when I first heard about it. But, I, I mean, I couldn't have told you who the mascot was or, or what conference they played in. I, I, didn't, I don't think I even knew they were Division II uh, at that point. So I, I knew – I heard the name, but I, I knew very little about the school when, the, when they first approached me about the baseball job. And when you first started to – take on more of a sports information-esque role. Um, in that first year, we'll get into the full-time stuff here in a little bit, but what was one of the hardest things, maybe one of the biggest challenges that you faced? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest challenges was because social media hadn't really been utilized very much, um, I think that was something that the the people in charge at the time kind of had to get used to. Um, you know, the Instagram account, when I got – when I – when I took over as the, the sports media specialist, the Instagram account, I think, had been inactive for 49 weeks or something like that. Wow. The Twitter account was basically just used to give out final scores, and that was essentially it. The, the Facebook account wasn't really used for much of anything. And so there were some things that we did or that I did early on um, that they just weren't kind of accustomed to, uh, which was understandable uh, because, you know, it was uh, – it was a an older uh, an older group that had, that had been at Lander. They'd all gone to school in Lander, and they'd been there. They were Lander lifers essentially, uh, so they knew they knew one way of how they how things had always been done from that side of things. And so I think that was that was probably one of the biggest challenges was just get, just get people to trust me, just get people to understand that that I, I had an idea of what I was doing, and that uh, although it was going to look a little different, it was it was ultimately going to be for the benefit of the school. And I think once we got past, once once they saw that I that I had, you know, that I was going to going to do things that were going to benefit the programs, I think I think the job became a lot easier. What was it like for you personally? You always wanted to do play by play and everything. You got this new play by play job, and now all of a sudden. You're thinking about doing more sports information stuff, maybe expanding that role a little bit. What was that like for you personally? You know, it, it was exciting. You know, it was a, it it wasn't exactly what I envisioned I'd be doing. Um, obviously, there was a play by play aspect to it, but that was only a small part of my job. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of looked at it as at it as you know, I'm getting I'm getting paid to to watch games. I mean, at the end of the day, and I, I try to keep that in mind whenever this job you know, kind of gets a little stressful or a little overwhelming. That you know, ultimately, you're that's what it is. You get paid to watch to watch games for a living. Um, so I kind of approach it from that aspect, and just the also the the, the ability to be able to create things that were going to benefit student athletes was really appealing to me. Um, you know, because again, not only had the administration not seen. Uh, some things that we, that I wanted to do with you know, Twitter and Instagram and things like that, the players hadn't seen it either. Um, you know, they they had not experienced some of the some of the stuff that I thought we could be doing. So, you know, that was exciting. And so I, I felt like even though it wasn't necessarily you know just the the pure play by play role that I kind of had, had grown up always wanting to have, it was still college athletics, which I'm really which I really really enjoy. Um, so that was something that I thought I thought would be a I, I, I thought of it there were way more positives than negatives in terms of that position. Yeah, and you're absolutely right with that. So you mentioned that uh, when you first started and, and you first part of this what, sport media specialist position that you had never done stats before. Um, you never did any statistical program before. You're giving me a smirk here. So uh, what was that like for you to kind of learn it on the fly like that? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting. Um I guess that would be the 
the cleanest way I can put it. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, unique um, to be to be kind of thrown into that end of it. That was something that that alone I, I gained so much respect for people that are in this profession because I had no idea that was part of it. Um, and then you know to to sit down and your first day full time and you've got a volleyball match and have to sit down and try to do that was uh, was one of the most intimidating things I've ever dealt with. Um, so that was obviously a uh, those were some some stressful times trying to make sure that I understood everything that needed to get done and, and understood how to input the proper way and and all that and so that you know that was a that was probably one of the hardest parts of the job at the beginning uh, was just kind of figuring figuring all that out and, and obviously Bob had Bob had had, had kind of shown me how to do it uh, when when I found out that I was going to be getting the job after he retired but there's no substitution for, you know, there's no way to practice sitting down and actually having a, a real live volleyball match going in front of you. And they're not going to stop and, and wait for you to get things right. You, know, right. you, can, you can do all the, all the inner squad scrimmages you want, but you're not going to be able to throw your hands up and say, hold on guys. I need to, I need to input that play. They're going to keep right on rolling. So that part was, uh, was pretty stressful to be honest with you. Uh, thankfully, uh, soccer was, uh, was way less stressful because right. of the, uh, <laughs> just the number of inputs that you, that you have to do. So, uh, but that once I, that was, that probably took about three quarters of a year before I really was comfortable, uh, doing all the games and feeling like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stat this game and I'm not going to be here for an hour and a half afterward fixing everything I messed up. I'm going to get it done and we'll be out of here. You say it took you about three quarters of a year. So what was the difference between when you first started doing it? Maybe like you said, Volleyball might be a little intimidating and give you some anxiety a little bit. Uh, how did that change by the end of the year? You know, repetition obviously helped. Um, it, it, it sounds cliche, and you hear like the you hear athletes talk about, it, but the games just started to slow down. I mean, that it, it sounds corny, but it's true. You know, you, you realize that okay, you know, basketball it, it's obviously it looks fast paced and it looks like there's a lot happening at once, but but in terms of what you're actually having to input, like there there's no there's no timer on you essentially, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking, you know, take those five seconds after that rebounds made and, and make sure that you know, which number got it. You know, if you don't put it in the second it happens, you know, nothing's going to, nothing bad's going to happen. And it's always easier to get it right the first time than have to go back and fix it, fix it in post game. So just, just learning stuff like that, you know, just kind of yeah. understanding that, Hey, this is a, this is a way to make sure that you've, you've got the ball on the right team. You know, th- this is an easy way to make sure that, that you figure out who the assist goes to and just kind of learn those tricks of the trade that you would only, you can only pick up from actually sitting down and doing it. Um, you know, the other, the other, uh, the other change that, that, that I made that I, I think has been really helpful for, for me and also for all the, the student workers that we now train to do our stats is we switch from, from inputting them in stat crew to inputting them uh, through Presto sports uh, through their live stats feature. It looks a lot, uh, cleaner. It looks a lot uh, less clunky, and it's it's a much easier uh, input scenario. There's a point and click option if you need to do it that way. Um, and our we found that our students could just follow it a lot better than trying to to teach them on Stat Crew, which it's the same keystrokes, but obviously the layout is just so different. Uh, they responded better to Presto, and, and so that's what we've used ever since. You uh, do a lot of things as far as tracking the social media growth. You mentioned that you started the baseball program, not program, but the baseball Twitter handle from scratch. Um, You track a lot of your growth and everything. So how do you do that? Why do you do that? 
Um, and what do you see the benefits of doing that? You know, the why of it is just, you know, I think in this profession, man, it's so hard to quantify the importance of what you do. And I think that, you know, ADs and coaches, you know, they'll, they'll say that they know how important your job is. And, and, I, and I, th- I think the majority of them do understand to a certain extent, maybe to various levels, but I think they do get it and they do understand how important this role is. But when you've got numbers, everyone can understand those um, right. because numbers are what the, these these coaches make their living off of numbers. You know, the ads, you know, they make their money off of numbers. So when I can go to an ad and say that our Twitter that our Twitter account, you know, was the was the fastest growing in the league last year, or when I can say that the Instagram account grew fifty five percent from from year one to year two, those are quantifiable. You know, it's not a matter of oh hey, I think the graphics are pretty. You know, it's a matter of hey, this is. This is increasing our following, increasing our fan base, and frankly, in recru- recruiting your, increasing your recruiting efforts, um, which is something that that's something that I've always pointed to whenever, whenever we've gotten back or uh, pushed back on social media efforts from, whether it be from administrators or from from coaches, and say this is where your recruits live. You know, if you if you don't want to be involved in this area, like okay, but understand this is where your players are. This wow. is where the this is where all the all the incoming freshmen. This is what's in front of them for countless hours every day. So if you don't want our colors and don't want our logos there, you're you're not helping anything. You're not helping yourselves. Um, and that has kind of been something that that has really clicked with a lot of them. Is that you know you don't have to be a huge fan of all these of all these uh, social media sites, but y- you need to understand that that's where that's where the 15 to 18 year olds are, and that's those are the those are the people you're trying to get on your campus. So. Um, so that's the kind of the why of it. Um, the how is, you know, one of my first, first things when I got the job was I just sat down and and in design, I just made a template and we put together all the logos of every team in our conference. Uh, and then we put all the, I put all the months on on the top of it and every, the first of every month, I just go in and input, this is how many followers this 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 athletics account has you know i've got i've started doing it a little less strenuously for team accounts but i Uh I look more to the main athletic accounts because to me the the athletic account is kind of the hub and the the spokes of it are, are the team accounts but it all comes back to what the what the main athletic account is so i input at the beginning of every month followers on twitter and on instagram uh, the number of people that have liked your page on Facebook, because if they like your page, then that stuff's popping up on their feed, and the number of people that subscribe uh, to to the YouTube channel. So we we track those four, and every month we'll put in this is what the new number is, and this is the difference from the previous yeah. month. Yeah. Um, and then those those are organized from top to bottom. So if a team passes somebody, you got to shuffle their their logos and re put all the numbers in, and and then ultimately I take all of that. And this is, I guess, this is just kind of a math geek in me, where I take all those and I assign them a, a point total, kind of like they do with the, you know, with like the AP poll, where if oh. you're, if you lead the league in Twitter followers, that's worth 12 points, uh, and 11 for second, and so on. And I put all those together, and then that goes into a, a chart that we that we call our power rankings, and that kind of gives us an idea of, hey, where where do we stand on all of this stuff in terms of where other teams in our conference are. Um, so when we started. I think when I got there, we were we were ninth in the league, I believe. It, when I when I first did those rankings, 
we're up to six now. Uh, no, we're up to seven now, and our goal is to get to six by the end of the year because if you're six, then you're in the top half of the league. So that's uh, that's kind of you know it, it's part of it's just my OCD and just loving uh-huh. numbers and, lo- and loving rankings. But but I, I do think it's been a huge help for us because when coaches come in our office, they they look at those and they and they it's cool when they walk in and they say, hey, we moved up. Uh, and they and they've taken notice of it, and and same with administrators when they when they're actively wanting to see how close we are and and asking what they can do to help. That's uh that that's been a really really cool feeling. Yeah, awesome. Well, before we move on any further with that, I, I do have a couple of questions um, based off things that you said. But you do play by play and you do SID work. What's it like on game day for you to kind of facilitate both of those roles while doing them to the best of your abilities? I mean, it's it's a challenge. Obviously, um, the the big benefit that we've had at Lander really ever since I've gotten there is our student workers are really incredible. Um, we only have two full time people that work game days. Uh, it's myself and and Justin Berger, who's our director of marketing and productions. He oversees all of our in game promotions. He also makes sure that the YouTube stream is up and makes sure that that all that's running smoothly. But but as far as full-time staffers that have to be at every game, we're the only two that, that are there. So we rely on a pool of you know, six to 12 student workers, depending on what the sport is. And, and they're phenomenal. I mean, we've, we've completely handed the stats over to them. Uh, they do a great job with it. They upload those things at the end of the day. They send them off to the, to the visiting SIDs, which allows me to write the game recaps and make sure that the social media stuff's getting put up uh, in a timely fashion. They handle our cameras. They handle the audio levels. They run music. They they do our PA. Um, that just having having that group uh, makes our jobs infinitely easier. You know, the, no matter how how stressful a game they may get, um, I, I always try to keep in mind that if we didn't have that group there, that we just couldn't get through it, and we couldn't produce at a level uh, that that we're happy with. You know, we're we feel like we put on in terms of broadcast. We feel like we put on one of the one of the top ones in, in Division Two. I mean, we, we feel we really do a good job with that, and we just couldn't do it if those if those students weren't as weren't as talented and weren't weren't the fast learners that they are. Because we throw a lot at them uh, in a very short amount of time, and, and they respond incredibly every single time. Let's move back to some of the social things that you do. Um, I noticed that you do it. Uh, I can after actually after the fact that I started doing this as well with my cross country and track teams. Um, video movement for game day and stuff i know you do a, a lot i've seen your volleyball game days and the personalities that they're able to to show um i do the same with uh, like our uh, a meet day graphic uh i have a lot of stock footage of of our guys racing our women racing women running winning some races um why have why has that moved that way i've got my own answer to that but i want to hear from you why people have moved away from a still image and are now starting to do a little bit of combination of both with video and a graphic. You know, the, the thing that the thing I go back to is you know, the student athletes enjoy it. I mean, that was you know, that was the big thing for me was we had a uh, we had a graphic temp- template that uh, a, a guy from Penn State actually an intern on and uh, Vinny Nardella actually did for us over the summer. Shout out to him; uh, he did a great job with them. But when we got the templates back, I kind of looked at them. Thought, hey, you know, there's a there's a potential for some pretty easy video overlays in these, and we did the first batch. Women's soccer still mad at me because I didn't get the idea until after they did their media day. So uh-huh. if you notice, <laughs> women's soccer always has highlights and not a, not personalized ones. But we'll 
we'll, we're trying to make it up to them with some other stuff. But we did it with men's soccer for, for our media day with them, and, and they got a, a huge kick out of it. And really, from that point on, I just thought, hey, it's it's no, it's really not, it's not that much more work than me sitting here and taking taking photos of them posing. Uh, they got more into it this way. Uh, they were able to show off some of that personality, as you mentioned, and you know the, the other the other part of it is just you know people respond more emotionally to video than they do to photos. Uh, that's something that 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 causes people to stop scrolling and take a look. And so that's that's ultimately the goal on socials. You want people to stop scrolling and look a little closer. And video helps if you do that more than photos. So when you put all that together, it was a, it was a pretty easy decision. You guys have a drone, and you talked about this at Cosida. I was at your panel when you when you spoke about this. Um, how do you incorporate that? Because I know that that's sort of all the rage now. Um, how do you use that in a strategic way? Yeah, the drone was really was really a big thing. We used a lot a lot more last year when our video capabilities weren't quite what they are now. Um, now with the we we've, we've been able to to upgrade our our cameras for to 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 shoot highlights and things like that. So we've got, we've not used the drone as much this year. Uh, but the thing we've really used it for mostly is just showing off our facilities, um, showing off kind of a, you know, a, a literal, you know, you know 50,000 foot view of, of what a game day is like. Um, don't, don't, no, don't, don't have the, uh, the aviation people come up. I mean, we're not flying it at 50,000 feet, but it's <laughs> Being able to showcase kind of what the campus looks like, what the facilities look like on a game day has really been helpful. Um, and then the, the other big aspect of it that we found is helpful is, you know, with our teams like men's soccer and men's tennis and women's tennis to a lesser extent where you're bringing a lot of players from, from overseas and players that they don't get a recruiting visit. You know, they're, they're not yeah. going to fly over here to, to tour the campus for two hours. The idea that I can – put that thing up in the air and shoot for for 15 minutes and put something together and say, hey, this is what the soccer complex looks like. This is where you'd play. This is where you'd practice. This is where you'd go work out. Um, just being able to show that, we've we've gotten feedback from coaches that, that those kids, they really respond well to that, and it gives them a, an ability to – it makes it feel more like home when they actually get here. So, oh, I know what this field looks like. I know what these courts look like. You know, I've seen this is where I would, I would drive – Know, to get from my apartment to get to the to get to the building, so that's been able to just kind of make make Lander feel a little more real to those recruits that can't get over here and, and take a look before they choose their schools. A couple more things before we'll move on to our fun questions here. Um, I saw this, and we talked a little bit about this off air. Uh, you got a new baby on the way. You used the video sure. in that way. What, what was the idea? I know you already told me, but for everybody else, what was the idea behind all that? Uh, it was during World Cup time, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it was back in July. Um, it's we we when Campbell when we found out we were gonna have Campbell, who's my 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 oldest son, we we decided we wanted to do something a little a little different with our with our announcement. Uh, my wife is is big into uh, big into you know put doing things that are a little different. She's an art teacher, so she's creative. Uh, uh-huh. So she she does she didn't want to just do a picture, or a, a Facebook post, or something like that. So. She's a uh, she's a former college soccer player. She played at Converse College uh, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So she and I went out to a field and just 
basically put in the caption that basically we're just going out here because Sam's not played soccer in a couple years. We're going to see if she still got it. So she did some tricks and did some shots with the ball and all that. And at the very end, uh, we kind of revealed, uh, I think she kicked the ball up and then caught it under her shirt and, uh, to kind of show that uh, she, that she was pregnant. So that's how we announced that Campbell was going to be born. And, and that got, a, that got a lot of reaction from a lot of people. And so, uh, when we found out that, that she's due again in December, uh, we figured, well, we got we got to do something, uh-huh. and uh, and obviously now you know, we had the drone that, that I bought for the for the school. We had that to, to be able to use. I have some 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 kind of cool toys for uh, like phone stabilizers and things like that that I didn't have uh, when we found out we were going to have Campbell, uh, and so we we drove out to a, a field that she played on when she was younger. Uh, fortunately, it was open. Fortunately, the gate was open, uh, and we just went out there and. And took Campbell out there, and, and she had painted up a little, a little jersey for him with it with his with his last name on it, the number one on it. So he he put the jersey on, and he kind of kind of you know, toddled his way around the field, and kicked his little soccer ball around, and uh, and then she had gone out and bought a a, a smaller version of his outfit, uh, painted a two on that. So that was kind of the big reveal uh, at the end of it. So. It was a it was it was a collaborative effort. I was really just the camera guy. She came up with the with the storyline, so to speak. But it it was a lot of fun, and and obviously, I think I think Campbell, when he when he's old enough to understand what it what it was, I think he'll he'll enjoy looking at, looking at it. Yeah. What are you gonna tell uh, your kids about what you do? How are you gonna describe it? Oh boy. Um, I, <laughs> again, I think the same way I described it to you. Daddy watches games for a living. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I think that they'll you know I. I really hope that they enjoy sports uh, because that's a lot of what I do, not only in my in my work life but also in my private time. I really I I'm a big sports fan, so I hope that that's a an interest that we'll share. Uh, and if not, then you know they already like their mother more, so <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just have to deal with that. But uh, but you know I, I think that I think that they'll I think I'll I'll just describe it as you know. I'm in charge of you know, making sure that things get put on our website, that our website's up to date, uh, and making sure that you know our games are be able are able to be seen by by people, making sure that they get to watch them if they want to. Um, I, I've not really thought about how to describe it to them, but hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'll have a, a better idea as we get closer. Yeah, no problem. I got time, man. They're, they're 30 minutes away. I got time. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'd like to touch this part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. First one I have for you, Rickson, is uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure? Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was before I, before I got full-time um, when, I was, when I was doing just PA and, and social media work. But uh, the, the baseball team in 2016 uh, winning, the, winning the Southeast Regional and getting to go to Cary, North Carolina for the D2 championship and getting to call, call World Series games was, was really a fun time. Um, and being a part of just being a part of that that run with a, a team that was just super fun to be around and really uh really kind of welcomed me into uh, as a part of that program for that year uh, that was that was a great time so I'd have to say being being on that that ride with those guys was uh, was really enjoyable. What about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? Okay, so yeah, so the first home. The first home basketball game that we had when I was, as I was the, I was now the official SID, and we uh, we were hosting one of those fun holiday tournaments where it's like two days and you got four teams in town. Yeah. And so you're doing, you know, you're dealing with 
five or six games over a span of two days. And, uh, and it was our first, we were the first game and we had our, our guy that was going to be my stat guy for the, for the entire year. Um, I talked to him in the preseason. He said he could handle it. And we, uh, we get about two minutes into the game and I'm calling the game. So I'm kind of down further away from him. Uh, he's in the middle of the floor with our, with our new, our new spotter who it was his first game as well. He was a freshman and they come to me at the first media time. And they say, Hey man, the computer's frozen. Um, what we didn't know at the time, and what I found out later was uh, the rookie uh, SID had not put in the basketball numbers as double digits. Uh, they were in as single digits. So, so whenever number two, our point guard, whenever number two did anything and he put in two, uh, nothing happened. So uh-huh. he thought the computer was frozen. Uh, so I, I handed the headset, I think, to one of our our baseball catcher, I think, was interning with us. And so I he called our basketball game uh which he had never done before, but I, I gave him the headset and said, look, I got to go deal with this. And so it took probably five minutes for me to figure out that's what the problem was. Uh, and of course by that, you know, five minutes is an eternity in basketball. So right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're considerably uh, further behind in the stats than we should have been at that point. Uh, so basically told them, Hey, at this point, uh, you're going to have to go back and find it on the video stream. Uh, the spotter's going to have to write down everything that happens off the video stream, and you're just going to have to input it that way. And we're just going to tell these coaches you're not get you're not going to get a box score at halftime. We're just not going to be able to get it done. Uh, you're probably not going to get one at the end of the game either. So that you know, in that conversation, walk off, go back to get to get uh, get back on the air. And about two minutes later, he comes. Ba- the spotter comes back. Uh, lets me know his wife has been in a car accident, so he's going to have to go take care of that. So. At that point, uh, I permanently give away the headset and go and, and our, our God bless him landed our spotter. And, you know, he, this is all new to him. He's never dealt with any of this before, and so he starts writing and you know had to had to let all coaches know for the rest of the game. You know, there's no point in you coming over here during media timeouts. Uh, you're probably not going to get your box score by the time the next game is over. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll try to get to you by the end of the night, and so think we wound up staying there about two and a half hours after the second game had ended uh, that night. So we, we played at five and seven. So we were probably out of there about 1145 uh, for wow. games that ended at nine o'clock. So it was a, it, it was a def, definitely uh, when, when that's how your first basketball game goes, uh, they can only get better and they have, they have gotten better. Thankfully. Yeah. Well that, yeah, that sounds like, but it, that's got also might kind of scare him a little bit, your spotter. But you know, maybe it didn't. Hopefully, it didn't. Um, he's still working with us. He's actually one of our statisticians now. He's been with us for two years now, and he, he's one of our better. He's one of our better statisticians. So I'm, I'm glad we didn't freak him out too much his first <laughs> night on the job. Well, what's uh, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Yeah, you know, I think that I think that one of the things you've got to be able to do if this is what you want to do is is not be afraid to bring up your ideas to to your bosses. Um, I know that for me that was part that was kind of intimidating when I first started. Was just like I said, you know, I, this was my first full time job, and being being twenty four years old and having people that have been around that school for decades uh, that you had to report to. Uh, sometimes it was intimidating to go to them and say, "Hey, I want to try this. Uh, this is something we've not done. I think we can do it better." Um, and to a lesser extent, try that with coaches as well, who, you know, are, you know they could be 
10, 20, 30 years your senior and going to them and say, hey, I think that this is a better way to do it than the way you've been doing it. Uh, but but you've got to be able to say that because if you feel and you've got the the numbers, you know, if you've got the data to prove that, hey, this is this is a better option than what we're doing, uh, then, then then it's your job to, to, to make that happen and to and to do something that's going to benefit your school. So I think that just being able to to have the the courage of conviction to say, hey, look, I know this is the way we've we've been doing it, but trust me, this is better, and I can show you why this is better. Um, the why is always what people are going to be interested in. Why are we going to do it this way? Uh, but if you can if you can get yourself to be able to go and, and make those present those ideas and, and present them with conviction. Uh, when they when they do work out, uh, you'll you'll gain a lot of support. And you'll you'll buy yourself a lot of credibility uh, with with being the person that that came and was able to, to make that switch happen. But you got to be able to, to have the conversation, which I think is, is not an easy thing to do. But you got to be able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you got a little visitor behind you, actually. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's been checking in and out, in and out on us uh, lately, sir. So, but um, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? You know, I, I'm fascinated with the video element and the way that a lot of these high-level Division One programs are able to create, you know, these mini movies basically <laughs> uh, for for their game recaps and uniform reveals and things like that that's not something we can do at lander with the staff that we have uh, i just don't have, i don't have the time to, to to do it uh or the knowledge of how to of how to go about creating it in a way that's that's going to be up to that standard obviously but just picking brain the brains of people that are that are so good at, at that sort of thing I, i've met with uh the people at clemson uh with jonathan gant and his team just about kind of some ways that they've been able to, to make some inroads in social media. And obviously they do it maybe better than anybody in the country, uh, which is a South Carolina. I love it. Kills me to say, but they're, they're, <laughs> they're probably the best in the business at it. Um, and on the video side, you know, I met with Justin King and his staff last year at, at South Carolina. And obviously they've, they've had such success with their videos and, and the way that they've, able to engage that that fan base with with the things that they've put out there so you know just picking up some tips from them on on little things that you don't have to have a large staff to do you know on on little tricks in in adobe premiere pro and and in photoshop and things like that things that i just didn't know how to do um that those conversations have been really beneficial and and i'm hoping that i can have some more in the future maybe in the summer when, when schedules are a little less hectic because you know you're I, like I said at the beginning, you know, I'm not I'm not foolish enough to think that I'm some, you know, that I, that I'm just really really super good at this job and I don't need to learn anything. You know, I, I know that I'm, you know, I'm only in my third year of this, and there's people that that have far better resumes and a lot more experience. And so, anytime I can learn from from folks like like Jonathan or like Justin, it's it's an opportunity that you got you got to take advantage of. Yeah, I think what some of my favorite uniform, actually one of my, it might be my favorite uniform reveal came from South Carolina. Um, when they were revealing, I think it was an all-black, like black helmet, black pants, black jersey. Tucky uh, game last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and bat, bat, with the Batman. Uh, yeah. Batman beach in it. 
Yeah, yeah. The the reveal was great. The game was not. No, no, no. But the, but the reveal, like you said, and you just saved me from doing a horrible Bane impression. But uh, that that was probably one. That, that was probably one of the best ones that that I think I've seen so far. But uh, in your mind, what makes a good SID? Maybe some characteristics they have, or maybe some things that they do. I think a good S a good SID is always trying to remember that you're you're there to help promote the student athlete. Um, I think that we can get really caught up in the minutia of numbers and writing previews and recaps and this has to be out by a certain time, but I think it makes it it makes your work more meaningful and honestly it makes it more fun when, when you're always operating with the with the base of this is for, to promote our student athletes. You know the thing with the like you mentioned with the the video overlays on our uh, on our game day graphics, you know. That's really the only reason we made that change really was to better promote the student athletes, you know, to show, hey, this is not only have you seen this player play, but this is this is them with a little, where they get to show a little bit of personality that you might not get to see during a soccer match or during a volleyball match. Um, so I think that that's that's got to be your the thing that ultimately you make the majority of your decisions off of. You know, we've we've inputted some things that have been really successful. Uh, we've inputted a, a feature on our Instagram page where our, our student athletes take over the, the the Instagram story for a day and kind of go about their day and show kind of what it's like to to be a student athlete here. And you know they they do a spectacular job with it. They do better than, than I would do if I had if I was trying to run the story account every single day. They do a great job with it. Um, and it also just it helps build that trust because we've. We've never had issues with them posting things that they shouldn't have posted. I, I found that with, and maybe we're just lucky at Lander, but I feel I feel like this is a that this isn't specific to us. If you, if you trust your kids, like they'll they'll reward you. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I when you when you bring them to the office and say, hey, we're you're you're getting our Instagram account tomorrow. This is what we're looking for. You know, they they take it they take it seriously. Um, and and they want to do a good job, and they and they've done phenomenally with it. So. I think that, that the more you can build those relationships and the more you can keep them in mind when you're doing stuff, the the better your, your work will be and the more fun you'll have creating it. Yeah, absolutely. So work-life balance, what do you do to have fun? I got a really I got a, a really good run on NCAA 14 going right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a dynasty going on 14 right now that I'm, I'm pretty psyched about. Um, you know, I've I play video games wherever I get a chance. Obviously, there's there's less time with a with a 17 month old and a and a, a wife who's gonna have another baby in December. So, I try to make sure they're happy um, whenever uh-huh. they're whenever they're up and whenever they're around. But when they both go to sleep, I'll fire up PS4 for for a half hour and and just kind of unwind with that. Um, I've got a uh, I've got a guitar that I that played guitar for for a couple years, and so I kind of will will pull that out every now and then. Um, and you know, I I enjoy reading. I enjoy reading, uh, you know, Sports Illustrated's, and I used to have a subscription to it, but I've got a book of old SI articles. I, you know, I'm uh, the the guys on campus and the the players around Lander will probably say, but whenever I'm on campus, if they see me eating eating lunch, I'm I'm in my phone, and I think they assume I'm working. I, I'm online reading long form sports articles. Like that's that's what I do for my lunch break. I'll, I'll go sit in the cafeteria and I'll pull up a I'll pull up a long form SI article from seven years ago and just read it. Um, I've just, I've always enjoyed really, I enjoy really good sports writing. So 
uh, yeah, read video games and, and, and occasional guitar is kind of what I do in my downtime. Next time someone's in the Lander area, you, you get to pick. What's your restaurant bar recommendation? Oh, man, there's there's a bunch of good ones. Um, you know, BJ's Barbecue is is a really good value. Um, Jay Peters is, a, is an awesome restaurant in, in town that's a little little high scale uh, if, you, if you want a nice night out. But if, if, if somebody does come in, here's, we're, we're going to go to Break on the Lake. Uh, Sports Break is a bar in town, a uh, bar and grill that does meet and three. They just opened a, a, a restaurant a couple months ago that literally sits on the dock at Lake Greenwood. So you go to Break on the Lake. Uh, we're going to get their chicken wings, which are amazing. Uh, you're going to get mashed potatoes and mac and cheese because, you know, you can have the fruit bowl if you want, but, you know, we're not going to the bar and grill to, to, to have a fruit cup. So we're going to get the mashed potatoes <laughs> and mac and cheese. Uh, and then you're going to sit outside uh, under the, the covered roof there with the opening so you can look out and watch people on the lake driving their boats and people actually come dock the boats and, and come up for lunch. And uh, uh, Kevin Prater is a former Lander basketball player. He, he, owns the, he owns the restaurant, and it, it's just a really – really cool environment we actually hosted our our uh, kickoff event this year our fan appreciation event back in august we actually hosted it out of, out of break on the lake and uh it was a really fun time a really great crowd got to got to got to ride the bearcat uh up uh, the mascot up on a, on a boat waving the waving the big lander flag behind him uh, <laughs> we got some we got some fun with that so it's there's a lot of good options, but break on the lake is probably my go-to right now. That sounds that sounds like a great time. So, um, if anybody had any questions or you or wanted to take you up on that offer for break on the lake, uh, what would be the best way to do it? Uh, you can you can find me on Twitter. I'm uh, at Rickson Lane. Uh, my email address is, is rlane at lander.edu. Um, you know, I I'm not opposed to to giving you my cell phone number it's 864-529-7459 I'm so rarely in the office I don't really give out my office phone uh-huh. uh, it's just quicker to give me on my cell phone um, but yeah those are those are the, the the three probably fastest ways to to get in touch with me I'm, I'm always up for always up for for talking about this sort of stuff and, and I really really appreciate you having me on this thing man I've been listening to this for I just discovered it a couple months ago but I've been binge listening to this for a while now so this was this was really a treat hey no problem I remember when uh we were all going to go out to eat at Cosina in, in DC and I yeah. introduced myself and you're like wait a minute <laughs> are you the I guy think you sat down I think you you sat across me for like 20 minutes where I was like that David Gibson okay <laughs> so yeah so, yeah, great to meet you. Great to finally get to talk to you again. Glad you're safe. Thanks for sticking with me. I know that this was a, a, a week post when we were supposed to do it, so I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. No problem, man. Thanks for everything you do, man. Hey, guys, there you have it. Episode number 94 in the books. I ever so marching on and on and on towards episode number 100, towards our two-year anniversary, which is insane. Uh, or not two-year. Actually, it is two-year. To start of year three. We already have the start of a year three episode already recorded. So that's insane to think about. But next week, we will have Mary Lee Gibson from the North Carolina Tar Heels. Met her when she was at Illinois State. She was a grad assistant. Uh, helped me out a little bit with at UE with softball. That's how I met her. Um, started running a lot, so I saw her progress, what was going on as she ran the Chicago Marathon. She's currently training for another one, also affected by Hurricane Florence. So we're glad that she's safe, um, but marathon training is hard. 
in a hurricane. So we'll talk about all that next week. Uh, moving around a lot. Uh, just, the, just the whole shebang, guys. So I wouldn't miss it for the world. Anyway, to reiterate what I said earlier, sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter will get you involved in our Hall of Fame voting selection. Um, be one of those first people that get to do it. Just be there um, and be an influencer and help out as we continue to grow to this annual event that we will have uh, for as long as I'm doing SIDcast, which so far is almost two years now. But uh, anyway, rain reviewing, very important. Uh, follow us on social media at SportsFocast on Twitter, Facebook. Email me anytime, sportsfocast at gmail.com. Guys, I want to thank you all for listening. Hope to catch you all in the next episode.